Peace and blessings. Welcome to another episode of Boss Hijabi North. Women often appear to suffer from the misconception that to be successful in business or accepted in society, they have to diminish or denounce their faith or beliefs. As a business coach, I have encountered women cross-culturally who face internal conflict regarding their religious identity, maintaining their family roles, and being their most authentic selves. I developed this podcast to help guide them back to reclaiming their faith, better define their Islamic roles so they can own their identity, live their absolute best life, and be a powerhouse in business. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Welcome to episode um, 48. I am so, so, so um, excited uh, for this um, particular um, episode. Um, you know, how do we uh, persevere um, as Muslim entrepreneurs um, in tough times? So how do we how do we get through, um, you know, these tough times? So we know that there is so much going on in the world. It's easy to lose sight. I felt like for me the last two weeks, and I know we had this conversation, Abby, uh, mm. for the last two weeks, like, like, you know, where do I go? What do I do? Should I be caring about my business? Should be, I be looking at this um, over here? And so, you know, the main focus and the main question that I would like to ask today on this episode, and inshallah, you know, you can answer and, you know, together we can, you know, uh, make sense of it, um, inshallah, is, you know, how do we keep our focus on, um, you know, what we're doing in the dunya while we're still pursuing the akhirah? So we know as Muslims, uh, you know, our focus is always, you know, on the akhirah, right? So how how do we, you know, live in this world? How do we participate in this world, but still keep our focus? So today I am joined uh, by my guest, uh, Brother Abi Al-Asmar. I think the world of him, uh, mashallah. Um, and, you know, we're going to go live and just dive deeper into, um, you know, um, how entrepreneurship can be a catalyst towards uh, positive change, inshallah. So welcome, Abi Al-Asmar. Jazakallah khair for having me. I'm super excited. Alhamdulillah wa iyaakum ameen. So please share a little bit more about you um, and your business, inshallah. Inshallah, definitely, definitely. Well, number one, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm really honored to be here, be part of this, inshallah, and just be part of you know your ecosystem, which is so beautiful, mashallah, with what you do to empower Muslim women of faith. So on my end as well, um, as you know, and this is why we collaborate so much. We are on the same mission, right? So really the mission of nurturing Muslim entrepreneurship. Uh, you focus mainly on the female empowerment side. And alhamdulillah for myself, I'm trying to also take charge with the brothers as well. And so what we do on Entrepreneur is we really help nurture startup Muslim entrepreneurs, people who want to start online businesses, but they don't know what to do. They don't know where to start. They don't know what should they put in place. What does the foundation look like? What does the marketing side look like? All of these pieces of the puzzle that uh, you need to figure out when building a business. So Alhamdulillah, Omarpreneur, we, we kind of help them in every stage of that. And uh, we do this through our paid courses and programs and through our free resources as well. So uh, our social media channels, our videos, our, our content, our podcasts as well, Alhamdulillah. So we've started about two years ago uh, going strong and, and Alhamdulillah, the growth has been really nice to see as well. So we're very excited for the future. Listen, mashallah, I'm excited for you too. You know, I remember when I first saw you, I think the first time I saw you, I can't remember how we uh, connected, but I remember, uh, you know, seeing your platform. And the moment I saw Omrpreneur, yeah. I was like, man, I've got to be connected in some type of way. I got to, <laughs> you know, it. check yeah. out, you know, mashallah, what this uh, brother is doing because, you know, we need to be more united. And so how yeah. beautiful, you know, you know, pairing together, you know, the, 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 you know, us being united as Muslim entrepreneurs, you know, as Muslims, and yeah. then, you know, 
pairing together that entrepreneurship, like two, you know, things that are, you know, after my, you know, heart. I work specifically, um, you know, with women, but that's because, you know, that's my niche, that's my area, right? Yeah. But alhamdulillah, you know, you are you are helping both sides, um, you know, of the spectrum, and I think that's mm -hmm. great. And the second piece of that that I think is beautiful, I think that the space that you're in, there are not as many uh, men. Yes, uh, you know, in I that noticed space. that. I've seen yes. that. So, you know, for me, I think what you're doing is so necessary. We need this, you know, empowerment, right? Education and empowerment um, for men, um, inshallah. So first, you know, before we dive even deeper into what you, you do and what you're doing with Omrapreneur and, you know, inshallah for the future, how have the last few weeks been? Let's just have, you know, a yeah. candid conversation. How have the last um, few weeks been? And we're just gonna say it out loud in light of everything that is going on in Palestine, combined together with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. um, we just came off of the whole Black Lives Matter. We're still very much in the in the thick of it. So I, I, it, we're in no way out of it. Um, you know, it's just kind of the same thing going on in Palestine. You know, there's a there's a ceasefire or there's a, you know, there's a moment of, you know, uh, you know, silence or whatever the case may be. But how has it been for you? And yeah, so how has it been for you, inshallah? Yeah, honestly, uh, the last few weeks have been really difficult to say the least. I mean, uh, I would be lying if I said that I, it didn't have an impact on even my ability to conduct my business. Uh, when when we first heard the news of what was happening in um, in Sheikh Jarrah with uh, the families uh, being set to be expelled from their homes, and uh, the the first time I heard about that actually, it was uh, I stumbled on uh, the video from uh, I'm sure you guys have seen it from Subhi Taha on Instagram. He, he filmed a really good recap video uh, of the situation that's happening in Palestine, what's going on over there. That was my first time hearing of that. And then I just, I remember resharing that as an Instagram story and, and you know, just feeling so, uh, so frustrated, you know, that this was happening and that, you know, it was, they were allowed to do that, you know, with, with no remorse. And um, fast forward a few days and, and, and the stories of uh, the families of Sheikh Jarrah in Palestine turned into stories of um, entire buildings being demolished by airstrikes. It turned into stories of children and women dying very quickly. And just the whole situation escalating to a point that, I mean, I, I would I would not have imagined or predicted. And the truth is, these situations have been happening in Palestine for a long time. And I, and I will be the first one to say, I'll be the first one to take blame and publicly admit and publicly say that I have been turning a blind eye for the last few years uh, on Palestine. And ever since I, I grew up, I, um, you know, as Muslims, we know, like the situation, this this conflict, um, you know, that is happening uh, in that region between Palestine and Israel. And I, I don't like to call it conflict because it really is more of an oppression and ethnic cleansing. But growing up, we always, you know, we're taught uh, about this uh, this situation that is ongoing there. And of course, with the news and, and the updates, I feel like eventually, at least for me, uh, at least for me, over time, it grew to be normal. It grew to be, this is this is a situation. This is what it looks like. And, you know, just move on with your life, you know? And, and there were times where I was really passionate about sharing the cause and really passionate about... Uh, you know, talking about it and bringing awareness to it and, and, and other times where I was focused on other things. And over time, and, and even I saw this reaction with a lot of people that I know and a lot of friends that I have, when I first started sharing information about the situation that was happening right now, unfortunately, a lot of the reactions that I was getting were people saying, ah, oh, but 
you know, like this has been happening for a while there, right? And and I think that's not a very good mindset to uh, to have because, you know, being in the state where we feel like this has been ongoing for many years, kind of give is an excuse for us to tell ourselves, well, there's nothing we can do to change it, right? There's nothing we can do, you know, to to, to make the situation better. And and why would we speak up now if we haven't been speaking up in the last few years? And this has been ongoing anyway. And. Uh, you know, I, I fell in the same boat. I won't say that I'm I'm any better than than anyone else. You know, for a long time I haven't been uh, keeping up with what's happening in Palestine and uh, and and really all uh, all the oppression that is ongoing uh, within that region. But this recent event has uh, reopened my eyes towards what is happening and has uh, awoken uh, this fire within me that was deep, deep in deep slumber for too long, and. Uh, it was interesting because reopening that within me brought back a flood of emotions uh, that I that I had not really paid any attention to, or have have I would say I've buried for a long time when it comes to the situation in that region, and and has brought back that flood of emotions, especially with all and, and what is I would say equally beautiful and tragic right now, which is it's it's tragic from a perspective of you know, what is happening, but what is beautiful in this tragedy for this specific situation was the number of people that were sharing footage of what is happening and their ability to do so, thanks to social media. That was beautiful because that was, I think, the first time uh, really that people at scale got to see what is really happening on the ground. The, the level of oppression, the level of inhumanity the level of uh, gen genocide that is currently ongoing. And I think this is what makes it truly unique in that before all we had to refer to was CNN and CTV News. This is what we have here in Canada and all these channels. I'm sure you guys in other countries have other major channels. And we all know how the media companies are all actually owned and funded by Israel. So they're not really allowed to speak uh, negatively about you know, Israel or, or actually reveal any of the atrocities they're committing. But to not really turn this conversation too political and to bring it back down to, you know, how it affected me and my business, uh, because we could talk about this for at length. We could talk about this for hours, right? But real, you know, being exposed to that once more and then not only exposed to that, but exposed to, you know, the actual footage of what is happening really caused the flood of emotions in me that incapacitated me for a number of days. Uh, I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to concentrate on anything. It was all I was able to think about. Uh, to this day, um, it still very much occupies a big part of my mind. And I, I just, I felt like, how am I supposed to work on my business? How am I supposed to live my life and move on when I'm literally seeing like mothers holding their their dying children in their arms or you know, families, entire families being crushed by rubble. And it's just, I just could, didn't feel like I could. And for a long time, I couldn't. For a long time, I couldn't. I'm going to, I mean, I don't know. What about you? What about, what about you, Hanyu? I want you to share Listen, your opinion on this. You know, it's tough, right? Mm. Um, and it's tough, you know, and I'm going to bring this, you know, from so many different perspectives, right? So it's like last year was Black Lives, Ma My Lives Matter. You know, one mm -hmm. of the things with me is, you know, I'm multi-ethnic. Right. Yep. And I grew up in Medina, Saudi Arabia. And mm -hmm. so just imagine having all of those, you know, uh, 
ethnicities, places, languages, uh, you know, heritage, everything coming together. And my Islam, yeah. you know, of course, is, is the main focus, right? All of that converging, right? We just, last year, I felt the way that you just described, I felt that both when I heard the news of Palestine and I felt it last year with the whole Black Lives Matter thing. I felt it with the We Were Muslims, right? So I felt it when they were going through, you know, and still are, right? Going through what they're going through. You know, it's as if, you know, it was happening to me because, you know, one, I'm a human being, right? But two, there's a connection that I have to each one of those incident incidences, right? Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, that's that's my heritage. My family members, you know, are walking around and that's, you know, part of their their, their heritage, right? Um, you know, with the We Were Muslims, uh, we, we're together on La Ilaha Illallah. That, that's, that, that right there, I don't need to know anything else about you. I don't need to know anything else that you do. The fact that we share La Ilaha Illallah makes me feel for you. And with the Palestinians, I, how many friends do I have that are Palestinian? How many people did I, were my neighbors when I lived in Saudi Arabia that were Palestinian, right? And so, you know, when, 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 I, when, I, when I was looking at the news, I was like, I wonder, I wonder how so-and-so's family is. I wonder if they're okay. I wonder they're here in the U.S., but what about their family members? Were one of their family members, you know, impacted, um, you know, by this? So, so many, you know, flood of emotions, but then that commonality, that la ilaha illallah, that alone for me, I don't care who you are, where you're from, I don't care. The, 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 we share la ilaha illallah, and for me, it's like, okay, I've, I've got to run to you, and, and I want to help you. So, Yes, it was paralyzing for me. Yes, it was a few days where I was like, well, what am I doing all of this for? Why am I hosting, you know, a business program for women? Why am I writing, caring about this book, Praying Grow Rich? Why am I doing any of this? And that was literally the questions that were going in in my mind. So what you were just saying, like, I'm literally, it's like going back to, you know, two Mondays ago, right? You know, that, that you know, it was the Omal Juma when this, mm. when this all started, uh, you know, transpiring. It took me back to that day fasting and, and, and hearing, you know, what they're having to go through. I just think about, for me, you know, we didn't have Tarawiyah again this year in the masjid, but alhamdulillah, they were fortunate enough too. And I cannot imagine, you know, such a beautiful time that we are praying and we are worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, we are vulnerable. It's, it's one of the most vulnerable, uh, you know, times, right? The month of Ramadan and definitely, you know, praying Tarawiyah, you know, at, at the time of, you know, iftar, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you, that's yeah. when you attack. I, I, yeah. I, I cannot, I both frustrated, furious, right? And then, um, like you said, paralyzed. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Do I continue or do I stop and, and you know, you know, join the, join the fight, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things, and I, and, I, and I want you to, inshallah, if you can say to me, what was the switch? Because we had a conversation too, that there was a switch yeah. that had to like kind of click over for mm -hmm. us to, to get out of that mode. And for mm -hmm. me, that switch was me remembering a book that I read, Great Women of Islam, and remembering these 26 women, radiallahu anhumah, that surrounded the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right? That were given the good news of paradise. 11 of them were his wives. I'm, I think I'm messing up the number, but there were the 11 wives and then the other women, right? So mm -hmm. however, 27 women, 11 wives, 16 women. That's the number, mashallah. So, you know, <laughs> the beauty of these, you know, 27 women is that um, they were all promised the good news of paradise, but they each played a role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of them were scholars, memorized the Quran. Uh, you know, some of them were nurses and, and you know, 
what you know what we would call modern day um, nurses, and that right there reminded me. You know, some of them were merchants. We had Khadija radiallahu anha. She was a businesswoman, right? And so what it, it reminded me is that each one of us plays a role. And each one of us has to play a role in order for the whole to work. Mm -hmm. So like you said, we know that the the situation between, you know, the Palestinians and the, and the um, you know, Israelis is written, right? So we know what is happening in there right now is already written for them, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, of course they know it too. And so if it is already written for them, then each one of us has to play our role. Yes, we need to, you know, shed light on it. Yes, we need to talk about it. But we also need to play our role on the other side. And that's part of this conversation. And mm -hmm. when I thought of what did I want to say about Palestine, you came to my mind. Because mm -hmm. I feel like as entrepreneurs, specifically Muslim entrepreneurs, we are the key to the continuation, the longevity of Islam, right? And to you know the Muslim community, and we are the answer to society's ills. We know this. We've been we've been charged with this. Anyone who says la ilaha illallah, whether it's by birth or whether it's you know by choice later on in your life, right? And you know you come to Islam. We know that that we've been tasked with this. Our religion says this that we are the 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 cure. Islam is the cure to society's ills, and as Muslims, we have a responsibility. Yeah. So my question is. What was the switch? What was the thing that helped you to click over? And then um, how do we as Muslim entrepreneurs just keep our focus here in the dunya while pursuing the akhirah, inshallah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think uh, for me, it was a bit of a transition. I wouldn't say it was an immediate switch or, or something that clicked within me, but everything that you shared with me was so beautiful uh, and really resonated with me. And I, I, you know, especially when you were saying subhanAllah that, you know, we are tasked with this to to empower Muslims in our own way and to to you know you know empower even the image of Islam uh, in our own ways as well through entrepreneurship. And you know, for many days, actually, I uh, I couldn't bring myself to work, and I, I all I wanted to do was you know watch more videos about Palestine, share more information about Palestine, and just bring awareness and try to do my best to feel like I was doing something. Do like whatever I can do. Can I do something? And I, I would reach out to my friends and um, I would post on my social media and talk about it and try to, you know, do whatever little part of contribution I can do to bring awareness to the cause or to sign petitions. And I attended the, a protest that we had here in Montreal, Alhamdulillah, which was one of the largest protests that we had here in the history of Montreal. Um, and unfortunately, the news didn't say that, but it truly was. Um, so it, it was just beautiful seeing all these people coming out, you know, for the cause and seeing just how many people, you know, felt the same way that I felt about what was going on there. Um, and I think a lot of times, okay, so I felt I, I'm part of this too, where when you're hurting, when, when you feel like something is wrong, a lot of times you want someone else acknowledging that wrong is part of that healing process, right? A lot of times, you know, someone else, someone else coming to you and saying, yes, like you, you know, you, you've been through something or this is wrong. And we can also see why this is wrong helps in that healing process where you feel like, okay, I'm not alone. Like, am I crazy? Is this, am I the only one who thinks this is, doesn't make sense right now what is happening? And I think for a lot of us, we were searching for that in those first few days. And I think that is where, 
you know, all of us, subhanAllah, and it's kind of a beautiful where we all gravitated towards social media to speak up about, speak up about Palestine and what was going on. And, you know, I made so many beautiful connections of people sending me messages uh, that I never met before, that I never spoke to before, but I started sharing at Palestine and sending me DMs like, oh man, you know, like, do you see what's going on over there? It's, you know, it's so frustrating. And I'm like, yes. And we can just those little conversations with other Muslims and other people that were like, you know, like I'm right here with you. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, what can we do to make this better? Helped me so much and feeling like, wow, okay. Like, like clearly like there is, people are aware and they're awake and, you know, there are other people that recognize it. And it really is, uh, it really is, uh, if I were to sum it up, uh, an issue of us being stronger together. Uh, that's really what it is and what it boils down to. And I think part of that healing process, I would say, and I wouldn't say healing process in a way where I'm completely healed, because I don't think any Muslim is completely healed and will ever be until until Al-Aqsa belongs to the Muslims. But um, to be honest with you, that whole process of going from complete incapacity and, and paralysis to being able to move forward was a gradual process that was able to be nurtured through other people that were also speaking up for the cause and that were also reaching out and sharing their own experiences and their own thoughts and opinions with myself and with others. And I feel like that is really what inspired me and what empowered me throughout the whole thing. And I want to give a quick shout out to some people that really stood up and showed up here uh, and some big names as well, like Idris Elba, uh, who shared you know a post on his social media. I'm going to talk about also Sean King, who, who has over a million followers and shared content. I also want to give a shout out to Sister Salam Sodouf, who has 40K followers. She's in the Muslim entrepreneurship space. She's been really, really powerful in just spreading the word about Palestine right now. Uh, and she deserves a shout out. So seeing all these people come together and, and you know, just, you know, all, all the Muslims going to protests and signing petitions and trying to do what they can really made me feel like, okay, like we're, we're getting to a place now. The people are waking up. The people are, we're, we're moving forward. Now, a few days of this, I'm like, okay, I can't, I, I started seeing this for a few days. And then after, after a few days went by, I started, you know, sharing content and sharing posts about Palestine. And then I, I really looked at, uh, <laughs> back at my mission and back at my company. And I said, okay, well, you know, I'm a, this is something I still want to do, but ultimately, is this really the best thing that I can do right now? And is this what I'm really great at? Because, you know, I'm all for spreading awareness and I'm all for, you know, helping, you know, people understand the situation that is ongoing and understand with clarity and objectivity, um, really the, uh, the, the, the difference um, uh, and the imbalance in, in power and in, uh, in essentially what's going on there, right? When news outlets keep sharing, it's a conflict and a clash, which it very much isn't. Um, however, looking back at my company and what we specialize in and what we do, I thought to myself, well, I shared a few posts now. I really did my best to make sure that all of my following, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, we talked about it and we made sure that it was up there. I even changed my profile photo. I did what I could do. And I'm not saying that to, to gain credit, but saying that to, uh, to, you know, really just to share that it was important for me to do this. And I think I'm really glad I did and I would not have it any other way. And I think it's important for everyone to do this. At the same time, once I've done this, am I the right person to keep talking about it indefinitely? And that was the question that I had to answer. And the answer to that is 
Not really. To be completely honest with you guys, I'm very uneducated about the whole situation in Palestine and Israel. And I would, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the, the best person to talk to you about this. I'm not. I'm very uneducated. All I know is what I've read on social media and what other journalists and people have told me. Um, however, there are people on the ground floor people right there that are sharing what is happening. There are people that are very educated about the matter, that have studied the history of Palestine, the history of Israel, and are educating people on the matter and specialize you know, within that context. And so, you know, is it my place to go and try to be like that? To be honest, it's not my area of strength. It's not something that I'm good at. It's not what my company is about. It's not, you know, uh, it, it is, it's just not my forte as they say here, right? So what I did was, and I asked myself this question, I said, what do I do? I said, do I continue sharing? Do I can do I go back to working on my business? And I felt like for me, part of that process, I felt like for me, I couldn't just go and continue sharing content and posts about business and, and, and entrepreneurship without addressing this conflict that I had internally within me with my audience and being upfront about it with them because I had this conflict within me, which was, I didn't feel okay sharing, you know, acting like this wasn't happening, you know, like putting a piece of content out there and pretending like this, you know, our brothers and sisters, you know, weren't being, you know, heavily oppressed right now on the other side of the world. And, you know, I felt it, you felt it, Sister Hadima, and I know so many people felt it. And, you know, you know, just goes to testament in the way that, when we talked together and I know we even spoke together and, you know, shared about how we couldn't work and we couldn't move forward and we couldn't do the things we need to do just because of how much we were hurting, which is nowhere near the level of hurt that people on the ground floor over there are experiencing. Uh, so please don't feel bad for me. Um, but I had to address this conflict with my audience. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, the transition back for me is going to be being upfront with this very this with this conflict with with this very topic with my audience and telling them look i've been sharing some content about palestine what is happening there is absolutely horrific right now i have this conflict within me do i continue sharing content about it do i go back and focus on what we do best which is entrepreneurship and to be honest with you i am not the best at sharing information about what is ongoing there because i'm ignorant I'm an ignorant. And I think a lot of people like you guys need to have like you guys, we need to have the courage to sometimes say that we're ignorant. A lot of people think that they always need to know what is being discussed. You know, like why are people shy to say, I don't know. You know, I don't know. A lot of guys, guys there's so many questions that you guys come to me and ask me and I don't know. I got so many DMS, you know, Oh brother, is this halal or haram? Is this, can I do this? Can I do that? I don't know. And I tell you, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the right person to ask for this, but for some reason, there's more and more this fear of people just saying, I don't know. And the truth is, I don't know. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know enough to be the person to constantly share about this. And I told my audience what I specialize in and what I do know is Muslim entrepreneurship. What I do know and what I did, what I perform and what I work on day in, day out is entrepreneurship. I run my businesses. I like we we're constantly setting up marketing uh, funnels and campaigns for our clients and our agency. Like this is, this is my, I breathe marketing and entrepreneurship. Like this is, this is what I do day in, day out. And this is what I specialize in. It's what I love. And I want to help Muslims be entrepreneurs. And if I can help more Muslims be entrepreneurs, if I can help more Muslims be empowered through entrepreneurship and 
you know, take their skills and what they do know to create these amazing businesses that have a positive impact on society, on the people around them, on their loved ones and their families, then hopefully, hopefully the generation that comes after me, the entrepreneurs that come after me will have the financial ability, the power to be able to influence change at a grander scale. And that is my goal. And if I can contribute to that in any way, then hopefully I will be doing my piece, you know, my share in my own way with what I'm good at. And that was the reconciliation that I had to come to. And it was a gradual reconciliation. It was not immediate. And it was an internal conflict that I very much had to take a few days to resolve. But alhamdulillah, after sharing that with my audience, you know, so many comments came in of, you know, uh, people just saying, we're right there with you. Like, we, we agree. This is what you do best. You know, we're really like people just expressing their support. Uh, and that really gave me the power and the confidence to say, okay, this is what I'm focusing on and I'm doing it. Because I'll be honest, if a bunch of people commented saying, no, we want to keep, you know, keep talking about pasta and don't do the entrepreneurship stuff, I would have probably hesitated. But how to do that? You know, your support is what kept me going. And, and honestly, I want to give a shout out just to every single person that's listening to this, guys. Quick shout out before we uh, we continue, okay? Uh, a lot of you here, whether you follow Sister Halima, whether you follow myself or any other person um, that's trying to build something. Okay, the reality is I'm very small time. What do I have? Like 2,000 followers on Instagram, uh, maybe like, you know, 2,000 people in our group. We're for small. We, we started a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, one could say that in the larger scheme of things, we don't really make a difference. And, you know, I wouldn't argue with that. We're very, very small right now. But I swear to you guys, every single comment that you guys leave on a post, every single message you send me, every single, you know, like or share that you do has so much impact on our ability to keep going, whether that's myself or Sister Halima as well. And I know you agree with that and I can see you nodding because, you know, we need that. We don't, the only thing that we have the only thing that we have is your support. Without that, we are nothing. We cannot move forward. We cannot grow. And so please, if you feel like this entrepreneurship thing you know, has some merit, if you feel like what we're doing here can potentially make a difference, if you feel like, you know what, this mission of trying to revive Muslim entrepreneurship is a pretty good cause, and you drop a comment, or you share, you know, you, 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 you heart one of our posts, or you, 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 decide to share something, I promise you that helps so much and makes all the difference, guys. So really, that is what kept me going. That is what keeps me going to this day. Um, and I wanted to express my gratitude to every single person that, you know, shows us their love and support. Alhamdulillah. That's, that's really it. That's it. Alhamdulillah. You know, I heard passion, you know, and mm. I heard, you know, just the, the willingness to, you know, be vulnerable. Right. And and I think, you know, a lot of times that's what we're missing. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, more of us need to be more vulnerable. Right. You know, the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was vulnerable. Right. So if we want to yeah. do honorable things and we want to, you mm -hmm. know, really if we really want to, you know, do something grand, you know, yeah. revive a sunnah. Be like the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, um, you talked about social impact. And I mm -hmm. think for me. Um, the reason why I'm in, in entrepreneurship now is because of social impact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been in entrepreneurship over 20 years. And before it was all about the money. It was about how yeah. do I get to the bag? How do I get to the coin? And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. If you're working with me, yeah. I'm going to make sure you are successful getting to the bag. Right. Yeah, inshallah. But inshallah. But at the same time, 
there has to be a cause. There has to be a reason why you're doing it, right? And as you said, you know, the 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 prayer for the next generation, right? So doing all of this groundwork so that the next generation has a layup and that you know what they do um, becomes better. And you know, I I you know I know I go back to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a lot, but I think that if we model that, it will help us in present day. I think we've lost this connection. You know, somehow you know the the, the way that things were in you know the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's time. Like we yeah. oh, forget about that. That doesn't work now, but it does, mm. right? And and, you know, if as Muslim entrepreneurs, if we get back to that base and we get back to that foundation, um, the way society runs now, it'll run like a well-oiled machine, inshallah. Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurship drives um, a more, um, an, a, a society that has more integrity. Mm -hmm. That right. is it, it, closer to like, you know, better ethics, right? Um, when you have, you know, a, a Muslim entrepreneur or an ethical, you know, entrepreneur saying, hey, to the politician, OK, I'm going to support your campaign and back this campaign with this million dollars. But this, these, this is what needs to be on the agenda with this million dollars. Yeah. The, the more that we invest in ourselves and, and, and we, 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 we thrive in entrepreneurship, we become those people and we become people holding the bag. But we become the people not just holding the bag of money. We become with, hey we've got the bag of money that you need, but this is the agenda that we need you to um, push forward, right? Yeah. And the beauty of that is, is now we start to, um, we start to see more things that are in our favor. You know, we don't see a Palestine. We don't see a we were, right? Mm -hmm. We don't see we were Muslims, millions of Muslims in a concentration camp. Come on, man. Yeah. In 2020, 2021, Yeah. Right. And and just the, the feeling of, you know, being shackled where, you know, one point eight billion Muslims strong and we can't help those people. Yeah. And that's, that is a question we need to answer. That is a question we need to answer. Why? Why can't we? Brings you to tears. Yeah. It's, Brings you to tears. Sincerely. So now. So should there, so the, I have two questions for you. This is a twofold question. Mm. What advice would you give to someone who is either starting their business or looking to grow their business right now? Right mm -hmm. now, you know, in the midst of everything happening, you know, with Muslims and in the world right now, all of this chaos, someone may have this grand idea to start a business. What advice do you give them? Should they start it right now? Mm -hmm. Or done, halas, just, mm -hmm. you know, work, you know, just work a nine to five job and, you know, take the hits and, you know, just move on. Yeah. Or is there something, another piece of advice? And should there be a social impact element to their book business as a Muslim? Definitely. Well, I appreciate you asking this question because I think it's one that, you know, a lot of people wonder about, should I start a business? Should I not? And the truth is I want to preface this conversation and, and, and this answer with, uh, with me sharing my thoughts on, you know, nine to five versus entrepreneurship real quick. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a truly noble pursuit. I believe that it is something that every person, if they are interested, should give a try. They should give it a try. They should really, you know, build up that commitment and that discipline and that willpower to put in some effort and see if they could realize that dream or that goal of entrepreneurship and be able to build something of their own. And, Really, as Muslims, there's nothing more beautiful than empowering ourselves 
so we can empower others. And entrepreneurship, I think, is a great and beautiful vehicle to do that because entrepreneurship eliminates the reliance upon a boss or appealing to your corporate culture, which means you can't post about Palestine on social media because then your HR person is going to send you a letter in two weeks and be like, sorry, dude, uh, you're out. You know, So that unfortunately happens and a lot of people are scared of that. Um, Right. It eliminates that need where you constantly need to be paying attention to, you know, what other people uh, think and, and, and feel about what you say in your opinions, you know, because that's where you work. So entrepreneurship is beautiful in that it empowers you to be able to freely express yourself and share your ideas and be able to do something where your only reliance is upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Not relying upon a boss or someone else or a manager to be pleased with you. Uh, and of course, there's nothing more beautiful than relying on, upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with you, right? Um, now, that being said, is is, is working a nine five job uh, an evil or, 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 or you know, a, a, a bad pursuit? I would say very much no. And I, this is why I wanted to preface this conversation. It's actually a very noble cause. And a lot of people are much more suited to work in the place that they're working, right? There's, if we look at COVID and we look at all the scientists that contributed, Muslim scientists contributed to the discovery of the vaccine, right? And if we look at other fields, whether it's medicine, engineering, architecture, even, and I'm going to give a shout out to the people that, you know, pass by every week to pick up the trash. As a society in COVID, this lockdown right now, how many of you are grateful about, you know, these delivery people, these delivery men and women and the people that come and take your trash, the people that come and, you know, grab your recycling that allowed us to function as a society, you know, subhanAllah. And so, you know, is there, is, is it, uh, is it less honorable to be someone who does that, who versus, you know, entrepreneurship? I would think very much no, right? And both of them have their own merits. Now, of course, we're going to focus on entrepreneurship because that's what we specialize in. And as I said earlier, if you are someone who feels like, look, I'm working this right now, I'm working this job. Uh, but I'm not happy where I am. I don't feel fulfilled where I am. I don't feel like I'm leveraging my talents to the best of my ability. I'm not built, and I want to build something where I can do this. Then very much, I encourage you to, to explore entrepreneurship as a vehicle. The beautiful thing right now, and, and to answer your question, which is, do, should they start a business right now or not? The beautiful thing about business, the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship, guys, is that it never ends, <laughs> and I and, and I uh, I hope I'm not I trust you. I'm not saying that to discourage any listeners. Listen, uh, that is it ha- <laughs> that it's a positive, and there are those days, mashallah. Hundred percent, mostly positive. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. That's the truth. It never ends. And you know, when you think to yourself, "Should I start a business right now versus later?" I'm going to be honest with you guys. Every single day that goes by that you are ignoring working on your idea or you're pushing back working on your day uh, on your idea is a day you will never get back and a day that will make a huge difference in your business success and i will tell you right now it will procrastinating on your on work on your business or on you know even something as simple as taking 30 minutes a day to sit down and really map out what that idea looks like map out what does that business plan look like who are going to be your customers what are you going to offer uh, as a product or service or software to be able to generate revenue in your business, right? How, what is your business model, right? Is it based on uh, products, services? And for example, uh, who is your niche? Who are your clients? What do they look like? Who are they? What are their age, their gender, et cetera, et cetera. All these really important questions about the foundation of your business that need to be answered. You can take 30 minutes a day to 
start answering those questions, start mapping out that foundation for that business. And let me tell you guys, speaking from experience, the first business that I started, I didn't get to a point where I even landed my first client. This is my, uh, my marketing agency. I didn't land my first client until about five months in. So five months working in and out, I was setting up the foundation. I was working on the website. I was working on getting clear on what it is that I would offer, how I would offer it, you know, making sure my skills were up to par to be, to be, to be able to charge clients, uh, as a, as a, as a marketing service provider, all of these things take time and entrepreneurship and building up the skills to succeed in business takes time. It takes a lot of time. Now, some people find success quicker than others. But the truth is, guys, it is not a get rich quick process. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of consistency. You will face a lot of challenges and a lot of failure. So by starting now versus starting tomorrow or the next week or the, the month after that, it, you're, you're, get that, you're getting that much sooner to a point where you are able to be profitable in your business. Because let's say you were to work on your business now versus in six months. And it takes you six months to be profitable. So let's say now we're in uh, in May. In six months, it's going to be January 2022, right? So if you start now, and let's say it took you six months, by January 2022, you could be in a place right now where your business is profitable, it's up and running, and you could slowly transition full time to it. But by constantly procrastinating, and let's say you start in January, well, now you got to wait another six months. That's one year of your life gone, right? That's one year of your life gone, guys. So Think about that. And how many years do we have on this earth? Not many. We tend to overestimate the time we have. We tend to overestimate the time that we have on this earth, guys. Every day counts. And so make it count. So should you start a business right now? The short answer is yes, 100%. You should have started it yesterday, to be honest with you. But look, we'll give you an exception. We'll let you start today. But right after this podcast, go and pick up a pen and paper and get started right now. It's as small as just mapping out your idea and reaching out to Sister Hadima to be like, Hadima, how can you help me with this? That's all you got to do, right? <laughs> so that's what you got to do, inshallah. Um, and trust me, guys, because it's a lifelong process, because it takes so much time, you're only doing yourself a favor by starting earlier rather than later. And and the second part of the question, right? Should it be focused on social impact? Look, there's a lot of different ways that we can talk about how we can incorporate social impact in our businesses. And for a lot of people, and I think when someone hears this term, they might wrongly feel like, the only way to succeed in doing that is by having this grandiose cause associated with their business. And I want to say right now that this, this, this uh, thinking process is very much not true and will work uh, against you uh, in your success. Because if you think that the only way to have an impact is by, you know, making sure that, you know, you have a, a tangible impact on the effects of global warming, or you're able to finally, you know, uh, end the occupation in Palestine, Israel. The truth is not, no one person is going to be able to do that. So what it is that you can do, let's bring it back to a hadith that is known to us from the Prophet Sallallahu who's, and I'm paraphrasing, where he says that if the day of judgment were to, were to fall on you right now, and you had a seed in, in your hand, uh, then plant it right? Then plant it. So what does that mean? It means even if all you had was a seed in your hand and you knew that there, there was no way the seed was even going to grow because it, the day of judgment is happening now, you still got to plant it. So what is that perspective? What is it? What is this telling us? As Muslims, whatever we can do, we should do it. And that is good for us, no matter what it is, right? Social impact can be something as little as the service that you provide to your customers and how it improves their lives. 
whether it's in a significant way or in a small way, right? And it doesn't have to be something as grandiose as making sure that your mission is to free everyone that is, you know, undergoing oppression right now, or uh, you know, uh, all these all these different cases uh, that we have around the world that need attention right now. And I, I promise you, there's a list that is that is filled, right, of things that we should be working on as human beings. But rather, if you can at least say to yourself, well, with this money that I'm making in my business, is there a way that I can maybe contribute some of that towards something that I care about that relates to my business and what I do? Uh, I'm going to give a, a I'm, I'm going to highlight actually the story of uh, Sister Gabrielle Grove, uh, who uh competed uh, in the uh, Bas Hijabi Society grant program, which you guys should check out, by the way. I think you're up, you're almost gonna start your second cohort. Um, so check it out, guys, on the Instagram. Make sure you sign up, because it's an absolute, uh, absolutely amazing program. And she was part of that program. I was part of the judges of the last cohort. And Gabrielle, Sister Gabrielle Grove, um, she sells hijabs, right? Handmade hijabs. And she is a sister that is a Muslim reaver, if I recall correctly. And what, she does in her business is contribute a small portion of every sale of the hijab to um, em empowering and educating new Muslims that enter Islam. And she also donates Qur'ans and hijabs to new Muslims when they enter Islam. And I think that's a very beautiful thing because it relates directly to her business. It also helps people feel like when I purchase a hijab from this business, I am helping, you know, this beautiful cause. And so part of my money is actually going towards something where inshallah, you know, in the in the akhirah, maybe I'll have a little bit of hasanat for that, right? And and we all know we you know we want to get all the hasanat that we can get. So whatever you think you can do that relates to your business, your product, your service, even if it's something as small as you know what, through my services right now, through my coaching, I'm helping save marriages, right? Because I'm like let's say a, a relationship coach, I'm helping save people's marriages. That is an amazing impact. You don't need to add another percentage of your profits or anything. This in itself, beautiful impact, beautiful thing that you're doing, right? So think to yourself. What is really the greater purpose behind what I do and how I serve my customers? How am I truly affecting their lives? And even just focusing on that and realizing that, you know, beyond the profit and beyond the revenue, what is the change that I'm helping uh, to bring to, to this world through my clients and customers is a beautiful thing. And so I think impact can be as minuscule as that. It can be something grandiose. Uh, but I think every person should think about this, spend some time on it and see how their business helps in any way. And if you can't figure it out, then see how you can incorporate that into your business, inshallah. Mashallah, perfectly said. And I love mm -hmm. the analogy with Gabriel Grove. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's, it's interwoven into her entire talk track, um, et cetera. Right. So it's not something far reaching, um, you know, that she has to do. And I think, you know, great lesson, you know, Palestine, you know, uh, taught us a great lesson in many regards, right? Yeah. But, you know, specific to um, entrepreneurship, it taught us that, you know, if we are focused and we're on the path, um, that, you know, we're, you know, that we've chosen and that we're focused on, we are helping. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like, as you said, you know, a portion of your profits, you know, that it's going towards causes, um, you know, mm -hmm. like that, you know, uh, it's like my, one of my mentors, you know, not a Muslim mentor, but um, he said, you know, uh, one of my goals is to make 10 million so I can tithe, you know, 1 million. So he's uh, from the Christian uh, faith okay. tradition. And I remember him saying that. And, you know, for me as a Muslim, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that too. I might, I might do more. Right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, for me, I, I want to do more. I need, yeah. I, I need a, a mansion, uh, you know, yeah. in Jannah. Right. Yes. And 100%. so <laughs> inshallah, you know, inshallah. I mean to that. Right. And so, you know, 
what are we doing all of this um, for? And I think as coaches, as strategists, as, you know, in the space that the seat that you and I sit in, um, Abby, I think it's important for us to relay that, um, you know, to our client and help to pull that, um, you know, out of them. And, you know, mm -hmm. one of the beauties, you know, of that, you know, panel that you were a judge on is you as one of the judges, you did that, you know, just asking those, you know, questions of, you know, the, the, the um, you know, the winners, right? Mm -hmm just, you know, hey, or the finalists, hey, how, how, you know, okay, how does your business make money so that you can continue this cycle? How yeah. does your business make money? How is your business profitable so that you can continue to offer, you know, your, um, I think it's called Baraka Box. It's called the Baraka right. Box that she gives. It's the book <laughs> in the hijab. How can yeah. you, how can you be more profitable so that you can continue to donate these Baraka Boxes every single month? Mm. Um, and, you know, having a goal there. And as you said, you know, using your dunya to fund your afira, um, yes. you know, so um, just very, very, you know, exciting, you know, to see them and then to see what it is that you were doing, um, inshallah, going forward and beautifully explained, you know, how do we continue, you know, here in the dunya, um, but, and, you know, and then how do we, you know, kind of fuse that social impact, um, but not to where you know, we feel like we're, we're overreaching. I think this mm -hmm. goes back to the beginning of the conversation where I'm not the best person. I'm not even the best person to be talking about Black Lives Matter. Right. I'm in the same position as you. You know, when that was going on, I'm like, I've got to get somebody to talk about this because that's not my area of expertise. I want to talk about faith and entrepreneurship. I want to talk about, you know, how, you know, building a marketing strategy. I don't want right. to, that's not, you know, my area. Do I care about it? Absolutely. Does it impact me? Absolutely. But I'm not the best person to put in front of. It's like even doing this episode, you know, bringing you on one, you know, for us to have this dialogue and maybe to help other Muslim entrepreneurs to wrap their head around what's going on. I'm sure there are many that are still in that, you know, paralyzed state. Right. And they don't necessarily know you know, where to go, where to begin. And so I think, you know, inshallah, with this talk track and what, what, what with what you said, I know you inspired me, so I can only imagine, you know, uh, what you do um, for them, inshallah. So question, in your opinion, you know, just to elaborate a little further, what is the best way entrepreneurs can help their um, oppressed Muslim brothers and sisters around the world? Mm -hmm. What is the best way um, that they can do that, inshallah? Yeah. So, of course, I want to say that what I'm, and I love that you you included in your opinion in, in, in the question, because it really is just an opinion. And please don't take my answer to be the end all be all answer that you you look for. And I think every person, if you feel like you want to help, I think uh, I very much encourage you to go and research ways that you can help inshallah. Uh, but ways that I've employed, I can only share what I have done and what has worked for me and maybe you know help inspire a few others to do the same thing is I did take a moment when when it first happened, when it, the news first came out and it first really started bubbling up, what was going, the situation in Palestine to educate people and bring awareness to that. And I think as entrepreneurs, if you have a following, right? So I'm speaking more to those who have a following right now, uh, those who have large followings, right? And when I say large, I'm talking like 500 or more guys, cause that's already enough. And that's considered large in my eyes. I'm not talking 100 million. Uh, if you have some form of following, I still think it is important to address those issues because as Muslim entrepreneurs, I think part of our part of our uniqueness and what makes us stand out as Muslim entrepreneurs versus regular business owners is that we do care. We do care when these situations these situations happen. We do care about what's going on in Palestine, and we do care when we see that level of oppression happening. Uh, 
and ongoing and it's completely unanswered. Uh, so I do think that if you have the ability to bring some awareness to the situation, that it is important and imperative for you to do so because you never know among those 200, 300, 500, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 people, if there's one person that didn't really know that this was happening or didn't really know the truth of the situation, all they knew was what they saw on uh, the, the major news outlets, which we all know is not the reality. If you could at least bring and shed some light to that, that's one heart that you've changed. And I think as we, as I just mentioned earlier, a lot of times we tend to want to overestimate the change that we do and the impact that we have. But I promise you guys, do not underestimate the power of changing a single heart, the power of changing the mind of a single person. If what you share on your social media has the ability to shift the thinking of one single person or maybe shift their hearts to really feel for the people of Palestine and understand this is what's actually going there, going on there. And it's wrong. That was successful. That, that is success in my eyes. That is 100% success in my eyes. And so that is one of the ways that I have, uh, hopefully, you know, leveraged to use my business and my platform to help the oppressed and what's going on in Palestine. And I think bringing awareness is one of those things. And as we mentioned earlier, because I'm not the best person to talk about the situation, after sharing a few posts and bringing awareness, I went back to doing what I do best, which is business and entrepreneurship. Uh, that is not to say that I will never talk about it again, but that I felt like I had to make sure that my audience knew what was going on and they were aware. And, and here's also a few suggestions, uh, suggestions of who you need to follow in case you want to keep up with it. Uh, and then, you know, at least do that and then continue on. And I think that's one thing that we can do as entrepreneurs is use our voice because a lot of people look up to us as entrepreneurs. A lot of people look up to you. A lot of people look at you and they see, wow, you know, you're, you're, you have the courage, the bravery to follow your dream. You have the courage to go and do something and put yourself out there. And, and really you do like, mashallah, to, to all the, the sisters and the mothers and the brothers and the fathers that are out there and that are putting themselves out there on social media every day to build something out of nothing. Like you have all of my respect and gratitude because it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and, and put yourself, you know, in front of possible criticism and people who don't necessarily agree with your viewpoints and, you know, who might not, not necessarily support you. It takes a lot of courage and, you know, people don't, realize the amount of emotional resilience that it takes to be an entrepreneur. It takes a lot of emotional resilience. And so you, really courage to you. And a lot of people follow you and look up to you for that. And, you know, whether you have, like I said, a hundred or two, or, or two thousand, two thousand or a hundred thousand sharing one thing about it, bringing, you know, some form of awareness to the cause, I think is at least something that we can do. And a lot of people argued with me initially, actually, a lot of my friends too, that, well, what does bringing awareness do? It won't change what is happening on the ground floor. Well, that is true uh, to a certain extent, but I, actually what we've seen through these uh, these latest events is that it actually had a major impact. SubhanAllah, the amount of coverage that was uh, being shared on social media about Palestine was unprecedented. I've never seen it before in my entire life. Um, and I, a lot of, many people haven't as well. Uh, and the amount of people that have spoken up about the issue who have never before spoken up about this issue uh, is absolutely inspiring to witness. And we've seen that because of that, and I really do credit a lot of it to what has been happening uh, in terms of awareness, 
I believe Israel decided, well, look, the, it's just getting way too bad out there on social media. We're about to ruin, you know, our entire image forever. So we need to we need to cease fire. Right. And I think that's where the pressure came from. Uh, so it's beautiful to see. Now, is it the only thing? Of course not. I mean, there's also signing petitions, which is something that I've done and attending protests, which is something that I've done as well. And I can only speak for what I have done. I cannot share with you guys something that I haven't done myself because it would be disingenuous and I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. So these are the three things that I have personally done to try and support the cause. And I welcome other people to suggest to me and even send me a DM if you feel like there's something that you do uh, or that you know of uh, that we can you know, do as entrepreneurs to support Palestinians, support people who are oppressed right now, uh, please let me know, inshallah. But what I really recommend is do what you can, do your research. And if you really want to support, find different ways to do so. Donate to charities and causes that are on the ground floor and that are right there helping the Palestinians. And just be careful because, unfortunately, some charities have been taking advantage of the situation and are putting Palestine as the cover on their website, but they are nowhere near the ground floor and they have no access to what is going on because we know Israel is blocking any nonprofits from going in. However, there's a select few that are able to go there right now. So just be careful about where your money is going. Make sure that it is getting to the people you want it to get to, inshallah. Um, but that's that's the four that I recommend. Sign petitions, bring awareness, attend the local protests in your area and donate to causes they're able to donate to, inshallah, whether that's directly or through a percentage of your profits, uh, inshallah, that you're currently making right now to support the cause. Inshallah, you know, and just to just to add on one, you know, thing to that mm. and just really it's 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 what you said. And just to, yeah. you know, just say it out loud, you know, that, you know, on the day of judgment, we will be asked. You know, there are duas that have been made, you know, by them asking for help. And, you know, if you've seen it, if you've heard it, um, you are one of those people. And so I don't care if it's 50 cents, a dollar, you know, if you've heard something, hey, donate, go donate. And like you said, look for, you know, reputable, uh, you know, companies or, you know, causes that are, you know, you know that the money is going exactly um, to the people. The best kind are, you know, people that have family members over there or people, you know, those are the people to talk to. I know I reached out to another sister, inshallah, we're going to do her episode next. Um, and she said, and I asked her, you know, I, I had this organization um, reach out, is this a reputable organization? And she was like, you know, they may be okay, but you might want to, you know, do do this organ, you know, uh, donate to this organization over here because they've been doing the work and they've been doing the work for, you know, decades, right? right. And so, you know, those are the people that we want to um, support. But yeah. I think, you know, just that accountability, you know, um, yes, we are in this dunya, but at the end of the day, uh, we came from a place and we are journeying back to a place. And when we journey back to that place, when we get to that place, we are going to be asked, you know, what did we do when our brother or sister, um, you know, asked for our help? Did we help? And, you know, like you said, you know, th there's nothing like being at a protest. There no. isn't. Um, and, you know, everyone who has been to a protest, they will tell you, you have to be there. It, it, you had to be there, Abby. I know you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had to you had to go there. You had to see what was going on and you had to feel, you know, that sense of, like you said, community and camaraderie yeah. and people, you know, uh, we can't physically be um, over there in Palestine, but I can stand together, um, you know, with you as, as much as possible, even though, yeah. you know, I'm thousands and thousands of miles um, away. There's nothing like being at a protest, I promise yeah. you. And every one of us need it. What, no matter what the cause, if there's a protest, you need to go to at least one, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, for that, you know, particular um, cause. There's just something about it. Um, so 
I, I love the hadith that you brought up about planting the seed. It's one of my favorite ones as well to um, reference. There's another one too that um, I wanted to um, highlight. I know we were um, looking at it um, before and it was the hadith on um, brotherhood and sisterhood. And I forgot it the last time and I said, I'm looking this up and I'm going to save it forever. Um, but um, it is um, from Sahih Bukhari and it says, the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the parable of the believers in their affection, mercy and compassion for each other is that of a body. When any limb aches, the whole body reacts with sleeplessness and fever. And the reason why this particular hadith is relevant is because as we talked about earlier, we talked about the We Were Muslims, we talked about the Black Lives Matter, and of course we talked about Palestine. Mm -hmm. And no matter where there is uh, you know, a brother or sister that has said la ilaha illallah and that believes in la ilaha illallah, right? When, when they are in pain, we are in pain. Right. Yeah. And, and we should respond. And yeah. so, you know, no matter what's going on, we should be running, you know, to that aid in whatever way, in whatever form that um, looks like. And I think one of the things that I do want to say um, is that what Abby does, what I do, what someone else does, it may all look different, but we are each supporting the cause. We are each doing our part. Um, inshallah. And that's the part that we want to emphasize. It's not what you do. It's yeah. the fact that you're doing Right. Exactly. So inshallah, you know, whatever whatever position you took, um, inshallah, you ran to, you know, our Palestinian brothers and sisters aid, um, yeah. inshallah, even if it was yeah. a repost. Right. Mm -hmm. And we we saw, mashallah, the impact of repost. So yeah. I, I'm in a thousand percent, um, you know, agreement with you um, with that. So. I, with uh, Bossy Jabby um, Preneur, um, you know, of course, our focus is on faith. And so for, you know, the listener, is there a favorite ayah um, of, of Quran or Hadith that guides your life um, that mm -hmm. we can um, share? Because my goal is always to bring us back, um, you know, to faith, yeah. no matter what we're doing, inshallah. It's a, it's a beautiful question, uh, Sir Hadiman. I'm, I'm glad you asked it because it's... it's uh... This is what I love about being on a Muslim podcast, guys. We can be we can be fully ourselves. I love it. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Uh, so really honored and grateful to be here, honestly. And uh, this is super exciting. So what is it that I personally refer to every time? Uh, there's actually an ayah that always is repeated to me in my subconscious uh, many times. And every time i i uh, i think about it it really gets me emotional it really gets me emotional and this ayah is is from um surah rahman and the ayah is which means which of the signs of your lord do you deny which of the favors of your lord do you deny and the reason why i chose this ayah and why this ayah is always very deep within my subconscious is because Throughout my life, throughout all the challenges, all the ups and downs that I've been through every single moment, whether joyous or, uh, you know, a, a challenging moment or one of struggle and, uh, you know, a situation that I had to overcome, I could always look back and reflect and see signs of Allah in every single situation, every single situation, signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that shine so bright and so evidently. And to think back and just look around me, and even right now as we are on uh, this podcast and conversing, behind the screen there's all the beautiful trees because it's like I have like a little opening, a window over there. And you can see that and you can think SubhanAllah. And I really, truly, when I think about this and I look at this, and SubhanAllah, I talk to so many non-Muslims. And, you know, 
I, I, I really love all human beings. And I also love non-Muslims because it's an opportunity for us to actually share with them, you know, what Islam is all about and share with them, you know, the beauty of Islam. And I think it's something so beautiful to share. And when you, I think the most beautiful, th the most beautiful thing to share, I'm having trouble expressing myself because this always gets me emotional, but the most beautiful thing to share is really to share the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with others, to help them see truly around them, which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Which of the signs of your Lord do you deny? And to see signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every single moment that we live and breathe in this world. And even if it's something as small as, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is to go on a walk and just appreciate the trees and the grass and the leaves and the birds and the animals and appreciate all that is around me and truly take it in and recognize that in every single one of these things, these are signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you take, and, and something very significant, but I'm going to share it anyway, but super fun, uh, bought a mango recently. <laughs> I love mangoes, huge mango fan. It's mango season, right? So uh, bought a mango recently. I had it by the window, waiting for the perfect time to have it, you know, just the right amount of ripeness where you got that sweet juice, that sweet nectar coming out. Picked it up, peeled it, and I ate it. And I swear to God, I'm eating this, and I'm like, oh. Oh, oh Allah, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like this is like your signs, like your signs are so evident. Your signs are so evident. Like honestly, man, like come on, do people think mangoes are here out of randomness? Come on, guys, they can't be that delicious and be an accident. Come on, I, I don't I don't think they are. Um but, but really, in all seriousness, to eat that and subhanAllah, I think of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, you know, that he created all these fruits and these herbs and these beautiful flavors and scents and odors. And we know that he created it for us, as an enjoyment for you and your offspring, you and your people, all these different fruits and vegetables that are available to us, you know, and subhanAllah, you think like, you know, going to a restaurant is awesome. You have different, you have different plates. Guys, Take a moment and go and grab a peach and then grab a mango and grab a kiwi and grab a banana and just taste how every single one of those fruits has a unique, distinctive flavor that is absolutely delicious. And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed each and every one of those flavors, which are honestly thousands and thousands, if not millions, on this earth just as an enjoyment for us and our, our offspring. Just for us to enjoy our time here for, and for no other reason. Because that's what he tells us in the Quran. As an enjoyment for you, I've placed all these different fruits and flavors. And subhanAllah, and you look at that and you're like, I mean, which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? We could have this conversation forever, guys. I could talk about food. I could talk about nature. I could talk about my life and the things that I've been through. SubhanAllah. But really, this ayah is the one that I hold on to. And I truly believe all of us need a little bit more of that in our lives, a little bit more of God consciousness and just recognizing all the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives as we go through our day to day. And, you know, just that in itself is a form of remembrance and a form of, of praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And maybe that will be the way uh, for us to, to gain his pleasure, inshallah, inshallah. Ameen, ameen, ameen. I am over here <laughs> cracking up because... Here's the truth. First yeah. thing I want to tell you, Surah Rahman is my mother's favorite surah. Mm -hmm. Khadija. My mother's yeah. name is Khadija. It's my favorite surah. That's beautiful. And so as you were saying it, 
I was I was crying. Because, uh, you know, it just remind when when I hear anytime I hear Rahman, you know, Alhamdulillah, my mother's still living, but yeah. you know, it just reminds me, um, you know, of my mother. And honestly, you know, she, it gets me emotional every time. I don't. She cries. Some, every, something she about that surah. She can't yeah. listen to it without crying. She cries. Something about it. Wallahi, yeah. she cries every time. Every yeah. single time she cries. Yeah. And you know, as you said, you know, which of the favors of your Lord? will you deny and you you know sometimes uh we do our you know we, we were doing the morning chat on um on uh what is it oh the i can't house. think of it right now clubhouse oh clubhouse <laughs> and sometimes you'll be on the walk in the birds yes so something similar yeah that's what wakes me up in the morning so mm-hmm. there's a tree i'm on the 18th floor but there's there's a set of a, a cluster of trees that are that are down yeah. and those birds they're praising Allah. Yeah. You know, I'm getting up for tahajjid yeah. or, or fajr or both, and they're up, you know, and they're already praising Allah. And, and I always laugh, you know, to myself because no one else knows this is happening but me. But I laugh <laughs> to myself when I don't hear them because it means I beat them. I mm, beat them. Subhanallah. To, that's beautiful. Yes, that's like, beautiful. I love that. Wow. Mashallah. I'm like, oh, I didn't. I caught you guys. I beat you guys, you know, for tahajjid or, or Subhanallah. for It's beautiful. So I, I love when that um happens. So as you were talking, you know, just love it. Then the mango. Yeah. <laughs> the mango. No, I have to tell you this. So I, I was cracking up because I'm like, man, so much, you know, similarity. So yeah. uh, I bought a mang- I bought two types of mangoes. I think I bought like an organic mango and then like some other type of mango. But I just like mm. the way that it felt. I was like, well, this, they smell good. So I was like, I'll take them both. I, and mango is one of my favorite fruit. Same. Yeah. Mashallah. So and good. <laughs> and now they've been sitting in the fridge. Like you said, you know, you wait, wait for the ripeness or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, you so- talked about a mango. My mother was eating a mango. I think it was either yesterday or two days ago. I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta eat these mangoes. So we gotta get it together. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get it together. Uh, you know, um, inshallah. So um, love it. You know, Surah Rahman. You know, Subhanallah. So Abby, the part that we don't like is when this has to end, right? Mm. So episode has to end, and we normally go for thirty minutes. So this, I'm going to name this one a special episode. So that, <laughs> I'm doing um, that. You know, they know, you know, they they've got to take two lunch breaks maybe to uh, listen to this, <laughs> uh, you know, episode, inshallah. But first of all, Jazakallah Khair for being here. May Allah okay. bless you for every word. Um, you mm. know, and 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 just for the reminder, uh, you know, both, you know, from you know specifically talking about entrepreneurship, but I feel like when I'm talking to you, there's always that reminder of Allah. There's always mm-hmm. an ayah of Quran. There's always a hadith. There's always an inshallah, bismillah. So, you know, alhamdulillah, the, the mm-hmm. further that I go along in this journey, you know, focusing specifically on Muslim entrepreneurs, right? The, the, the better I feel, I feel mm-hmm. at home. And like you said, I can be myself here. I can, you yeah. know, talk about an ayah of Quran or I can talk about a hadith and not feel like, oh, you know, am I going to be judged, um, you know, by yeah. Subhanallah, but, it's, it makes such a difference. Such does. a difference. Yeah, it does. I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just shooting the breeze. Like, <laughs> don't be filming a podcast episode. But I'm like, man, I could, you know, talk about this, you know, this topic. I could, I could, you know, talk to you all day. I really yeah. could, you know, you're just inspiring and alhamdulillah. And just, you know, uh, that next generation, because you're, you're younger than me. So you're that generation behind me. But if you are indicative of the generation behind me, Alhamdulillah, we're gonna be just fine. Well, you, sister Hadima, you, you already know like how I feel about you. Come on, you already know. You already know. I just want to say that I reached out to Sister Hadima. Uh, you didn't know me back then. I knew about you though. Um, you didn't know about me. My sisters followed you. 
they aren't even entrepreneurs. They have nothing to do with entrepreneurship, but they followed you, Sister Harima, because of what you did and because of what you've done you know, in your legacy and this legacy that you've left with creating the play, not without my hijab, creating the, the book as well and inspiring so many Muslim women to just feel like they, you know, they can be empowered within themselves as Muslim women and that they deserve to be here and that they have a seat at the table and that they can show up and show up powerfully just as much as anyone else. I mean, that is really what you've done here outside of entrepreneurship and business, this is truly what you do. And you've already inspired my sisters and they turned me on to what your work and what you do. And I then started following you and what you were doing. And mashallah, I mean, I remember sending that that first email and I, and just being like, oh, I'm still, and back then guys, you know, you think I'm small time now, wait till, you know, when I reached out to Sister Halima, I was, that was real small time. I had like barely any followers. I, th- I, don't, think, I don't even think I had an, in- had an Instagram at that time. I didn't even, I wasn't even on Instagram. I just had a small Facebook group just getting started. And Sister Hanima, she, I reached out to her and I said, you know, Sister, we're, just, we're starting up this podcast. She was one of my first few episodes. You know, w- would you, would you, you know, be uh, kind enough to share some of your time? And, and we all know how busy it is when you're an entrepreneur. And mashallah with you, Sister Hanima, I already know just how packed your days are. And you've taken some time out of your day to get on the podcast of this small, unknown nobody uh, who's just getting started in this space and to sit down with me and have a conversation. And that was one of the most interesting, fun, amazing conversations I've ever had on the podcast. I want you guys to listen to it, inshallah, if you can as well, on our Irma Premier Life podcast. And since then, we have brought you back on as well for a second episode. So we got two of her on our podcast, mashallah. And honestly, even two is not enough. We're going to do three for sure. But to give to show you my gratitude for this, because you believed in me uh, when many people didn't. And I reached out to a lot of people. I reached out to a lot of people to come on the podcast. And many have said yes. And I want to share my gratitude that many people have said yes. And so many people are supportive and you know are willing to give up their time for this cause. And you are one of these people that has said yes. And you've come on when I was a nobody and you knew that I had barely any audience and, you know, this is probably not going to add any dollars to your pocket, but you said, I'm going to come on here and have a conversation with you. You're another Muslim entrepreneur and we're going to talk about Islam and entrepreneurship and maybe I can change a few hearts on there and, you know, maybe we can, you know, create something beautiful out of this. And I want to share with you my heartfelt gratitude for that because you believed in me, you know, when not many other people did. And, you know, you're one of the people that I look up to and, and you very much inspire me every single day to show up and do my best. I'm incredibly grateful. Alhamdulillah. And, well, yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, someone did it for me. Another Muslim entrepreneur, my, one of my mentors, she did it for me. And so, you know, I, you know, you know, it just continues on, yeah. you know, when, when, when Allah talks about Sadaqah Jariyah, when we, when we think of Sadaqah Jariyah, that right there is Sadaqah Jariyah. Yeah, definitely. Alhamdulillah. There was a, uh, a question from the audience, and then I'm going to ask you this question, have you answer it, and then we're going to close out, inshallah. Inshallah, yes, please. Um, so uh, I'll post it up here. Um, Rashida Umul Khair, Muslim, yeah. she says, so I raised my prices for my business once, but as my clients come in, I feel like I need to raise them again. But maybe not enough time has passed, and that makes me feel guilty. What would mm-hmm. your advice um, on that be? Okay. So my advice on this is very simple. I'm going to give you a quick and actionable step that you can do because, you know, you already know 
that you deserve to raise your prices because you're asking me that question. So I'm not going to repeat to you what you already know within you. Instead, I'm going to share with you an exercise that has helped me tremendously be able to justify to my subconscious why it's okay to charge a little bit higher. The exercise, the exercise is called 100 Reasons Why. However, if you want, you can do 50 reasons why, because I had a lot of trouble getting 100, but I got 50. So I'm going to give it to you. It's going to be 50 reasons why. You're going to go open up a document, and I, you're going to write the title 50. Let's say, let's say the price you want to charge, and you, and you feel like your guilty charging is $2,000. I'm going to throw a price out there. I don't know what your price is, but I'm sure you know it. What I want you to do is I want you to write 50 reasons why what you do it deserves to be priced at 10 times what you plan to charge. So if what you plan to charge is $2,000, I want you to write as the title, 50 reasons why my services are worth $20,000. And then I want you to sincerely list out 50 reasons why your services are worth $20,000. And think when you think about this and think, oh, how am I supposed to buy 50 reasons? I want you to think to yourself, what is the impact, the effect of whatever whether it is your services or your products what is the impact that those have on your customers okay so for example even if it's something if we're if we're talking about product scenario because you also might be an e-commerce store owner let's say you have a product at twenty dollars you want to raise it to 50. okay i want you to put down why is that product worth 500. you could say well i've put in countless hours to make sure that it is the highest quality product possible that I can deliver to my customers. And that's why it's worth that much. You can, you can say one of the reasons why is because I know when my customers have this product, they're never gonna need to buy another one of those products again, because my product is durable, it's long lasting, and you know it's just, that's it, they're set for life. Another reason could be, I know that when they buy this product, it makes this part of their, life, their lives easier which is worth you know, 10 times more than what the cost of the product actually is. Or when they you know, acquire the service from me, this, let's say this marketing service, I know that it allows them to efficiently and predictably grow their business. And that is worth tens of thousands of dollars in the long run, right? So think to yourself and really dig deep and take your time. It could be two hours, it could be three. But I, I struggled a lot when it came to sales uh, in terms of what I should charge and feeling confident quoting my price on the phone to my customers. And this is an exercise that changed the game for me, right? 50 reasons why, right? Don, 50 reasons why, I, I appreciate you sharing that, Mr. Hadima, right there, right? 50 reasons why you can charge 10 times more than what you're charging, right? And really list it out and review it and internalize it and make sure you review it every time you feel like you hesitate to you know, quote that high price or put that high price on your website, go and review that and really internalize it and spend some time to convince yourself, you know, and I don't want you to write reasons why you think, you know, reasons why you think you should charge 10 times more. I want you to write reasons why you should charge 10 times more, right? So be honest with yourself, really dig deep and find those actual reasons. Cause if you're, if you're deceiving yourself, you won't believe it. You got to believe it. Okay. So make sure you do that. Inshallah. It's a really powerful exercise. I hope that's an actionable, you know, advice or, or step that I can give you to to overcome that uh, challenge because it's a mindset one, inshallah. Mashallah, I appreciate that, um, and I totally agree. You know, mm. and I think you know, for me as an entrepreneur, every three to six months, I go back and look at my pricing. Um, you know, I, you've, you've learned so much over time, right? Even in three months, you know, you could have learned, you know, a lot, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you should be compensated for your worth, right? Yeah. And and I will tell you, even when you put something at a price, no sooner do you put that at that price, your price goes up. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's important every three to six months to go back and reassess that pricing. And I like that you did an exercise, you know, write down 50 reasons why I should charge 10 times more than what I'm charging. I love it, you know, and absolutely. Um, And I I also like what you said, not why I think, why? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No trying and no why I think, just do it. Exactly. And why? Mashallah, Abby, please let us know. Uh, you know, let, let let the listeners and those who are here on the live uh, podcast, um, where can they um, access you? Um, all the ways uh, that they can um, a- access you, and uh, so that they can learn more about you and also more about Umrapreneur, Inshallah. Inshallah, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, and again for bringing me on uh, the podcast. So the best way to follow us, guys. Uh, search Ummapreneur on Instagram, U-M-M-A-H-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. So Umma and then Preneur as an entrepreneur all stuck together. Or even we have um, a really awesome Facebook group. So if you're on Facebook, make sure to check that out. Again, just type in Ummapreneur and you'll find it, inshallah. Uh, we have uh, our live podcast every week in there, interviewing Muslim entrepreneurs. We sometimes have trainings. We have awesome content in there. I think those are the two best places. And from there, inshallah, if you're more curious about what it is that we offer, Uh, through our Instagram or Facebook group, you'll have some links in there and some ways where you can go and find that out and, um, and, and, you know, be part of what it is that we do in terms of coaching, et cetera, inshallah. But those are the two best places to find us, inshallah. Mashallah, I was trying to type it in. So <laughs> so make sure you go to Umrapreneur on IG and yeah. Umrapreneur um, on um, Facebook, um, inshallah. Right. Great. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm a part of uh, both of those um, groups. Great information um, always. And he always asks thought-provoking um, questions. Um, I'm always, you know, delighted to see, you know, a post because there's always um, some type of thought-provoking uh, um, question um, there. Jazakallah khair, um, Brother Abby, for being on. Jazakallah khair for everyone who joined live. And of course, for all of you that will listen to this um, later. Um, my inspirational quote of the week, holding on to dunya creates a veil that blocks light from entering the heart. When you stop chasing dunya and let go, you remove that veil. When the veil is removed, light can enter the heart. The same dunya you used to run after will now run after you because all things are attracted to light. By Yasmin Mujahid. Jazakallah khair for being here. Peace. Assalamu alaikum. This has been another spectacular episode of Boss Hijabipreneur brought to you by BUNHD LLC and the Not Without My Hijab stage play. To find out more about services for women of faith and business and the next city up on the tour, visit www.bunhd.com. It is our hope here at BUNHD that after each episode, you will be empowered to have a deeper connection in your spirituality, personal, and business relationships. As women of faith, we have a responsibility to learn our religion, apply it to our daily lives, and to make a positive contribution in our local and global community.